to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. I am the Roommates Novel veteran. And I am the virgin. And we're your host. You were in the DR recently, right? I went to a family wedding in the DR. Fun. It was really fun because it was my cousin, who I'm close to, and then his sister, who's also my cousin, who I'm not as close to. But we were sitting by the pool, and she was like, I love your podcast. And I was like, a fan? I was so excited. Whoa. And she was like, yeah, romance novels. I love romance novels. I'm like, I had no idea. This is so exciting. And then she goes, yeah, Heaping Bosoms. You're so funny. And I was like, that's that's not my podcast, Joanne. <laughs> I mean, it's a great podcast, but yeah. did she not realize that your well, voice was not in it? No. And one of the hosts is named Aaron, but I'm like, did you think I was a lawyer who lived in Alaska? <laughs> like, we're very different. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that Heaven Bosoms has a fan. Yeah. That's good. I feel like, you know, we're really out there letting people know about Heaving Bosoms. Mm-hmm. I'm, all my family now knows about it. It just made me laugh so hard because I was like, Joanne, you got so close. And then before we left, she made me write the, um, the name of our podcast, Learning the Tropes, on a napkin. And she was like, I'm going to listen to that one too. And I was like, okay, good. It's so funny because so she knew about – like romance podcasts. Yeah. And why would she assume that that was you? It's weird because you didn't tell her about it. No. I mean, because we're Facebook friends. Okay. And I don't know if she saw on Facebook that I had a romance podcast and she was like, here's a romance podcast. Let's go. Just the first one. I don't know. But well, it did make me laugh pretty hard. I did really appreciate it. Yeah. that 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 is funny. And hopefully she's listening now. <laughs> Probably not. No. I think she's listening to Heaven Bosoms wondering when that story is going to come up. <laughs> yeah. About how she misidentified the podcast. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's listening to Faded Mates. Yeah, maybe Faded Mates. The I mean, be- that's a good one to listen to. Best case scenario, she just subscribes to all of them. Yeah, smart women read romance, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, she can't go wrong. She's having a good time. She's working from home. She's listening to podcasts. That's good. Hi, Joanne, if you did manage to find us. Hi, Joanne. Thanks for coming. She probably doesn't even know. Did she? She probably doesn't know about me at all, right? No, she wouldn't. No, yeah, why she would she? She thinks I host with a woman named Melody. <laughs> <laughs> but what did we read this week? Well, we read a book, our first sports romance. Yeah. How did you feel about your first sports romance, Erin? <laughs> I loved my first sports romance. So it's called Scoring Off the Field. Mm-hmm. By Naima Simone. You can't dodge this conversation by going all iron chef, Dom growled. She hadn't heard him enter the room. For a six-foot-five, 225-pound giant, he was remarkably light on his feet. But she hadn't needed to catch his footsteps to know he stood behind her. She felt him. Like her body transformed into a tuning fork, specifically adjusted to perceive him. Her skin sensitized. Her belly tightened. Her heart beat at a slightly elevated pace. Over the years, she'd had to work hard to hide her reaction from his all-too-perceptive gaze. She'd become a master at deception, at pretending she loved Dom like an annoying and overprotective big brother, when her feelings were anything but platonic. Should we just judge the cover? Oh, yeah. I love the judge the cover. So... We have a gentleman in pads, uh, football pads. He's showing off them abs of his. He's got huge <laughs> abs, big abs, 
Lots of abs. Yeah, I don't think you want big abs. <laughs> Isn't that just like a pot belly? Big abs is a belly, yes. <laughs> so he has correct size abs, but he has a lot of them. You he's see got, all those muscles. He's got lean, lean abs. Mm-hmm. Uh, long hair, which I dig. Mm-hmm. I used to have long hair. I'm going, I still, like when I picture you in my mind, you still have long hair. And then I'm surprised every time I see you. That's good. It's nice to have a surprise every day. Mm-hmm. Keeps things keeps things interesting. Yeah. I'm going for long hair again, but not as long as it was. I'm going to go for Jackson Maine uh, length hair. Yeah, that's what you had. No, it was it was longer. Okay. It was long and it curls. What happens with my hair is it curls. Mm-hmm. So uh, I need to like kind of uh, get it cut so that it doesn't curl at the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's like big curly cues. You're going to need some like pomade to do Jackson Maine style. Yeah, yeah. To get probably. it like looking dirty. Uh-huh. And then I'm just going to be in a tanning booth for six to seven hours a day. What if... For your birthday, you'll forget this by the time August comes around. We no, do- I I don't forget. I mean, I'll remember it probably. Yeah. What if we do it? Star it's also on a podcast. <laughs> you won't listen to this. I listen to it a thousand times. This is when I edit it. Um. What if we did just a Star Is Born karaoke, and if everyone we- had to dress as Allie or or Jackson or Shangela? Yeah. I mean, I think if we did a stars, if you guys threw a Star Is Born themed birthday for me that would be amazing all right we're gonna do it and you get to choose what who what character you want to dress like right pat can come as alec baldwin and in, who introduces ali and snl that's when you walk in pat is gonna say ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen clayton <laughs> that's cool <laughs> it'd be perfect that's an iconic iconic i mean now we have to do it because if it come, if your birthday comes around and we're just like oh happy birthday man yeah things came up <laughs> Well, let's talk about this book. Well, we know we're talking about the cover. I mean, I, I think the cover is amazing. It's a sexy cover. I love it. He's sexy. He's on a football thing. He's wearing football pads. Did you play football? No, I played uh, soccer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you seem like a soccer. Thank I- you. It's the sport of the future. <laughs> and by saying I didn't play football, you're, you're giving me a compliment that I don't have brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not from football, at least. Thank you. <laughs> I say all-star cover. And of the, because this is part of a series, I would say this is the best cover in the series as well. So this is WAG's book two. What does WAG's stand for? I was just going to ask you. Can you, do you want to guess? Um, it's so, okay. Does ever, <laughs> this is such a <laughs> dumb question. But, so all those letters are another word. Except the S Except for isn't. the S at the end. Okay, yeah, the that's S is what just I plural. thought. Yeah. Um, wonderful athletic geniuses it's athlete is a no jesus what is it (laughs) um it's not wonderful because that just seems very weird to to they're not adjectives it's a is and and the other two are now i that's not fair you can't have because it, it should be wgs then because and is not even a real word. Yeah, it it's is. It's like having the and having the T there. No, no. Okay, so it's women and guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it, is it women? Uh, female. But but W. Is it the word woman? Okay. Because no. I know what a woman is. <laughs> Jeez, what would G's be? Why? This should be easy. Like, see, this is no offense. <laughs> But this isn't on me. This should be very easy to guess. I mean, there is a reality show called Wags. 
I don't. I, I, I I'm flummoxed. What's you always get so stumped, but then you're mad that you're stumped. Like you always get so like. Yeah, I don't like upset. to be. I don't like to seem stupid, even though I'm going to keep all this in because it's great. <laughs> uh, gigolos. Uh, wow. Why? Um, what's the W? I don't. It, I'm going to be so underwhelmed by this. I can tell. Just like PNR. Um, yeah. A paranormal romance. That's that one's insane, and you have to because the N shouldn't be in there. It should be PR. I guess so, but PR is already a thing. It, it is, but it, things can be other things. Yeah, things can be other things. Wags. This makes me nuts. What is the W? Give me the W, and maybe I'll get the G. Okay, wives. Wives and girlfriends. Yes. <laughs> you did it. I. I, I don't know. <laughs> But okay, so she's a girlfriend, and then there's wives in this series as well. Wags is it, it's like a slang for like she didn't make this up. Like it's a slang oh, for I'm not, like I'm, I am not by any means blaming her mm-hmm. for this. I'm just I, I, <laughs> I didn't think you were okay, but it's not like it's like a specific to romancing. Like that is what you call because like Wags, the reality shows of like wives and girlfriends of this like one soccer team. Okay, stuff. so it's like it's like a known thing. Language is too cute now. No. We got to butch it up. We have to. You, no, not. No, it's not cute. And I'm not genderizing cuteness. I'm just saying it's like everything's so cutesy now. It should be, you know, whatever happened to the Oxford Dictionary. We don't. That's not a thing that we look at anymore. Do you want to hear a confession that's like embarrassing? Uh, yes. <laughs> I never knew what an Oxford comma was. And I feel like all these like nerds on Twitter and stuff would be like, I'm a. I did it and I love the Oxford comma. And I was like, what is this Oxford comma thing? And then finally I realized it's just a comma before the word and. Yeah. I was like, this is what these nerds have been talking about. This is so dumb. Well, I'm not that crazy that I, you know, am in love with a comma. Yeah. But I do feel like it's everything has to be put together and made cute. And language doesn't need to necessarily be cute all the time. We're texting, though. We can't write things out. I write every word out. I write every word out when I text. Yeah. I mean, I never was that person who was LOL and everywhere. No. And Rolfin. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. You don't do MTA. You tell me Metropolitan Transit Authority. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you would And never. I still call the band Chicago, Chicago Transit Authority, because that's what they were first called. You listen to National Public Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you watch the American Broadcasting Corporation. Yes. I can't think of any more, but yeah. All I right. do call CBS the Tiffany Network. That's the one thing that I do. What is do. that? Because that's what it's, it's the Tiffany Network. What? Who's Tiffany? T- it, that's just the network. That's what it was. CBS was the Tiffany Network. It's old school. Tiffany, like the guy, like the jewelry? Yeah. Like Tiffany, like the, like Tiffany, like the company. You're lying to me. This no, is I'm so not. Bizarre. This is 100% true. <laughs> it's the Tiffany Network. Uh, it's sad none of this will see the light of day. No, this is all in. It's going to be such a long episode. What was the book about? Okay. So this book was, I guess, about wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so it was about a quarterback for the Washington Warriors, uh, Dominic Anderson, who played for a fictional NFL team, but all the rest of the teams were non-fictional NFL teams. It's a it's a world where the Seahawks don't exist, but everything else does. Or, which is curious because the reason to not use a NFL name is because 
you did not get uh, the okay from the NFL, but then somehow she was using real NFL, other real NFL teams. So I wonder how that worked. I mean, I don't want to get into the like legal logistics of it, and I don't want to be blowing up anybody's spot, but it seemed weird that if you're going to have them play other teams, just say he's on the Seahawks, right? Hmm. Right, Nitpick. Yeah. No, Uh, I loved this book. This was a book I feel like the first paragraph, I was like, oh, no, I'm in. Let's do this. Really? I really, really liked it a lot. Okay, so we got Dominic, who's Dom. We'll refer to him him, as Dom. His personal assistant Mm -hmm. is uh, Tennyson Clark. I like the Tennyson. I like the name. Named after Alfred Lord Tennyson, which in this weird, there's this weird part where Dom has uh, a girl that he's with and like they call her Tenny. So Tenny is his personal assistant. He's known since they were little kids in the foster care system and he's always protected her. He put her through school when he was a rookie. Uh, She graduated, became his personal assistant. They've been separate. They've never been separate since, but she's had this love for him her whole life. And she one time got drunk and admitted it to him. And he lightly said, Hey, I love you. You're my best friend. We can't go there. You're too important to me, whatever. She was crushed and she's harbored this crush forever. So he'll bring these girls around. He brings models, all these women, because he's a young quarterback who's just going around gallivanting around town. And the, a woman who meets her, who is a a date of his says, oh, you're named after Tennessee Williams. I love Streetcar, which is a weird. It's it's, a weird leap from Tenny. But also it's weird for her to make this uh, reference to literature. And then Tenny be like, no, it's Alfred Lord Tennyson, you idiot. And then she like quotes it to her and I'm like. Yeah, you're not going to be a dumb dumb because you can't quote Tennyson. uh, That's, yeah, that's a little like, and that woman, if you wanted to make her seem dumb, she would have been like, oh, like the tennis shoes? Oh, like tennis shoes. Or the state? Tennessee. Does anybody refer to Tennessee as Tenny? I don't know. I guess it's, you know, everything's so cute now. I guess they do. (laughs) Well, and yes. And I do also think it's like, for her, she is, just by virtue of like, being so close to him, being in love with him, not being able to like express that. And then he's like dating these like model women uh-huh. and she doesn't feel like she measures up to them physically or whatever. So I totally understand that she would then be like, well, the th- these are dumb bimbos. These, these women are dumb. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have over these women, which is like, obviously you can be beautiful and smart or you can be beautiful and dumb. You can be ugly and dumb. You know, it happens. <laughs> that's always the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> ugly and dumb is the roughest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way you look has no barrier on like wh- how smart you are. And so I understood that as a character trait when she even did that. I was cringing for her because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's an embarrassingly weird thing to do. You know. But I guess you do that when you like somebody mm-hmm. and you kind of want to embarrass them in that weird way. Cause they are young characters as well. Yeah. I always have to take that into account uh, too, is that when characters are in their twenties, they'll act a way that you hopefully are not acting in your thirties. But so that's kind of the setup. 
he's the football star, she's the personal assistant, and at the beginning of this book, she goes, I quit, I'm out, I need to have a new life without you being the central part of it. She doesn't say this to him in the sense of I love you, but I'm a personal assistant, I'm get, I'm going to be in my 30s soon, I need to have a career, I, I'm, she's a, she's a, a social worker, she got her uh, master's. master's in social work, so she could be making a living. And he's like, no, don't, don't leave, don't leave. And she finally is kind of fed up with them, this whole devoting herself to this guy and him not loving her the way she wants, which is physical love as opposed to protecting her and taking care of her. Because when she was a kid, she was raised by a woman who made her sick on purpose to get uh, to get attention. So Munchausen syndrome. By proxy. By proxy. So that's when you make other people sick mm-hmm. in order to get attention for yourself. She gets taken out of this situation. She gets put in foster care. And that's where she meets Dom, whose parents had died in a car wreck on their way to his football game. Which and he had told anybody. He, he tells her at the end, and it's like sort of a, a revelation to her. Yeah, but we know about it as the reader because he mentions it earlier. Mm. But she doesn't know until later, which having that information made so much more sense, would make mo- so much more sense for her. I think she would get why football is so important to him. The The whole kind of push-pull in this book is football was where where he went to when his parents died, and he felt like, he needed to devote everything to it because they died going to uh, see him play and he couldn't give it up. He had to keep going. He had to do this. And then when she showed up, when Tenny shows up, here's somebody he can take care of and really uh, mentor and be a big brother to. And he had to put aside any kind of feelings he maybe had for her because they had just grown up together and it was the big brother, little sister thing. And I think this is our first real friends to lovers. Yeah, book. I think so. And I bought, I bought into it. Like I got it. It's very hard to make a mo- modern romance have that. Why can't they? And I bought into why they couldn't because she had a rough childhood. They were in the foster care system, which seems to be a theme in some of the books that we read. Mm-hmm. And uh, their motivations for not wanting to get entangled were very uh, authentic. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why contemporaries are so hard because it is like just why wouldn't you be together if you could? And especially for the two of them, it's like they're already close. They're both hot. Like, why wouldn't you? But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I believed it the entire way through of like why they were not actually together. So the big thing with Dom is right now he is still a young quarterback, but his contract is coming up. He has to perform really well. And he has a somebody who got drafted recently that's backing him up that is kind of breathing down his neck. So he has to really focus on football. He's having a hard time focusing now because she's saying she wants to leave and not be his personal assistant. I mean, I thought that the sex was really sexy in this book. Oh, this was like some of the hottest sex. I think. Uh, Okay. This was up with the rogue not taken. I think. Yes, because I, again, the sex in this, what it does is, moves the story, mm-hmm. and creates complications. So it, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't super early in the book, but he does end up kissing her very passionately, kind of grabbing her hair and just like, you know, 
starting to kiss her, and that was really, I thought it was really hot. There was a bit of a worrisome thing of him overpowering her. She's so petite compared to him. Mm -hmm. But I got that they probably, they're so close and they've known each other for so long that that kind of stuff is, it's not like he's a stranger in a bar or something. What did you think of that? No, because I think he would be like, he felt so much passion for her. And so Uh he was like grabbing her and stuff. But then I feel like he was checking in with her and she was like, I'm very into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nonverbal clues of like, no, this is good. This is good. And then verbal clues too. Like she was saying things to him. So it was like. She even mentions, uh, she she even mentions how how much he gets her cues because they've known mm -hmm. each other for so long. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't worried about that. But once they start fucking, they start Fuck. fucking. They don't stop fucking. And he kind of backs it up, though, and says, this needs to be friends with benefits, which I got. But I was I was a little upset because I he had to know you have to know when somebody feels that way about you. He did because she literally said it to him. Yeah. But then also, I think it's just like him in his own mind being so messed up because the other thing is like he was in a relationship with a woman in like college and she dumped him or the relationship went bad. And then that almost derailed his career. Yeah. Because he couldn't concentrate anymore. So he's like, I can't, if I am in any relationship, basically uh, I'll lose everything with football. So he's like, I can't. So I still think he had that mental block at that time. So I think he was like making um, like bargaining with himself as being like, okay, well, I really do want this, but if I have a relationship, it means I have to say no to football. I don't want to say no to football. So what if we just do friends with benefits and it's just casual? He was trying to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. And I think also, but it all made sense too of like, he was a dumb, dumb. It was a dumb thing to do. But uh, character wise, I understood what he did. Like it all attract. For well, me. he's also suffering from CTE. I mean, well, when you thought I quarterbacks would, don't suffer from CT. Oh yeah, they get hit a lot too. Oh, sucks. I looked. I looked this up, and I was uh, not the, the extra research that you do for a book. It's always <laughs> funny because it's always such an odd thing that you're googling. Well, because I wanted to see because CTE. If, if people don't know, uh, if romance readers don't know what CTE is, it is a it, it affects the brain of people who do sports mostly because. It is impact uh, related. So people who get hit a lot, even when you're talking about soccer, doing a header, head balls and stuff like that, that can cause CTE, not at the level of football because people are bashing each other all the time. Uh, the Boston University did, a re- did research on the football players donated their brains after they died and 99% of them, NFL players, had some form of CTE. Oh, were those was that also just the people who were like killing themselves and donating the brains? Uh, some of them, yeah, but not all of them had killed themselves. They just donated their brains, right? Wow. But if you think ninety nine percent of those people, there's a chance he's got he, he's got a little CTE in there. So I was thinking, you know, this guy he should he already he has his wits about him right now. Maybe he should not worry about you know playing for another seven years is what he was saying he wanted to do, and just kind of you know do commercials be in the booth you know he could be doing play-by-play he's a good-looking guy cut that hair get in the booth he's got a beautiful woman i thought what i liked about this book a lot too was how the way she was described is sexy as hell like her (laughs) body was sexy and when he would look at it and think about it it was really hot yeah it was almost hard to believe that she didn't realize how she looked yeah but you know like you said 
she was shorter, didn't have the uh, she wasn't a skinny model. That right. was and that's who he was having sex with. And to compare herself to that, she probably did think that she wasn't as sexy mm-hmm. just because that's what's always thrown in your face. And you see he was with those girls all the time. So it must have been what he wanted. But he didn't want something substantial. That's why he was with them. He wanted something that was just, you know, he could have it and then not worry about it. You So when I texted you notes, something that you were very upset about was that you felt like they were bashing online dating. Well, no, here's the thing. And we had a conversation off mic about this. Mm-hmm. It, this book was published in 2018, right? It was. And so when Dom sees that Tenny's on a date with another guy, he gives her shit about meeting him online. Now, I think this was Adam Ever After, right? He was like the boring one. He was the boring one. And he was saying they're all creeps and blah, 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 people who who did online. It just seemed anachronistic. It seemed like that's maybe 10 years ago people would still be saying, oh, you can't meet anybody online. But everybody expects you to meet people online now. I and my thought was nobody else around her was reacting that way to online dating and she wasn't reacting that way to online dating herself. Yeah. Like it seemed like she this was a um like just a choice that she made. Like mm-hmm. she she didn't have any emotion on of, about it being online. Mm-hmm. I think for him he liked her and was probably in love with her at that stage but just didn't want to admit it and so he was like if you liked somebody and they start dating anyone, you're like, oh, can you believe they're dating this asshole? And he's like this, he's like this, no matter what they are. So I think, like, he just chose that they met online as something that he could, like, pick at her about. Like, don't you not want to meet this guy because he's online? He could be creeps or anything. But in reality, had she met him at a bowling alley, he would have been like, well, that's where serial killers hang out. Like, he wouldn't have been okay with anyone she was dating. What, he can't wear his own shoes? <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was nagging her. Is basically what it came down to. Yeah, she couldn't have dated anybody, and he would have been like, oh, he's actually a nice guy. Like, he was going to hate everybody. I get it. And it just turns out Adam was, like, really boring, and she was already, like, trying to, was maybe going to throw salad dressing on her dress to get out of there, which I appreciated. <laughs> That's a weird thing to do. I mean, just text your friend to call you. Yeah. Or just be an adult and be like, I've had fun, but I got to go. I cut my foot earlier. My shoe's filling up with blood. <laughs> <laughs> my shoes filling up with blood. That's from Romy and Michelle's. Like, oh, it is. Okay. Um, but yeah. But what about their names? What about because she then dates another guy who has another online name? I forgot that people had weird names online for mm. some reason. It, it like it didn't occur to me that she yeah, dated people choose anything. She dated Mike, who mm-hmm. was Mike in shining armor. Okay. Like I got. I got those that they were romance kind of jokes. Also, they would be like, it would be Mike and Shining Armor 89 or Mike <laughs> and Shining because there's no way they're the first pr- people to think of these. And you actually met producer Patty, who's your husband, on OKCupid. I did. And you asked what our names were, and I don't remember mine. Oh, I remember my husband's because it's his current email address, so I won't say it. Okay. But, uh, I had, what was yours? Mine was time to make donut because I wanted it to be time to make the donuts, but there was a, a character limit. And so I was like, time to make donut. And then I realized, oh, wow, that's like probably construed as a sexual thing. 
because <laughs> donuts have holes in them. But I didn't think of it that way. No, I thought, you rarely think of anything as sexual. No, and not until I started doing this podcast. Now everything <laughs> is sexual. But I was time to make donut, and people loved it. But I did have a girlfriend that I was uh, with for about two years that I met on OkCupid. Oh. And, uh, but I don't remember what her name was. Your girlfriend of two years, you don't remember no, her name? No, her screen name. Oh. And her real name. <laughs> um, yeah, sex was incredibly hot. hmm But were you on condom watch? Yeah, no condom. Mm. And they had a conversation. This was what was nuts. It wasn't they didn't mention condoms, and then we assumed condom. They had a conversation, and sh- she asked him, did you always wear condoms? Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Did you wear condoms with all these other girls? And he said, always. Now, yeah, Well, because he starts with, like, are you still on the pill? Uh-huh. Which, that's so sexy, isn't it? I mean, I guess it is to it ask is. about people, like, how are we going to do this? But he asked, are you still on the pill? She said yes. And then she asked him, did you have, did you always? And he's like, yes, always. Now, I like Dom. And I'm not going to say anything <clears throat> about this guy. Like, I'm not trying to blow up his spot. But I don't care who you are. If a guy says he always wears condoms, you can't, you can't trust it. You got to see the paperwork. See the paperwork. Because it doesn't matter about you always wear condoms. Because condoms are not 100% effective, number one. He's having sex with all these models. Not saying anything about these models, but who knows? <laughs> Right. I'm very, I don't want. Like you're so anti-model. What I'm not anti-model. Like model listening no, right now, she's listen, crying. Listen, what I'm saying is like, I, for some reason, I'm worried about fictional characters being litigious. That's what I'm worried about <laughs> right now. I don't know why, because I'm not offending these fictional models. I'm not being mean to models. I'm saying they run athletes, models, actors, musicians. They run in a circle where they meet cool, interesting, sexy, hot people. And they probably have more sex than normal. I would assume. So I would say his kind of lifestyle is different than Tenny's lifestyle. So she should be more worried about him than herself because, you know, she she hasn't had sex in two years. Who knows? I mean, she's she I don't know if she's been tested, all this stuff. But you can't trust a guy who says he always wears a condom. Always. It's not always. You got to have the paperwork. You got to see the paperwork. (laughs) And it's like, yes or no. Do you have these things? If he's got the paperwork on him, dated, right? Yeah, dated. Dated. It's got to be dated. Yeah. And you got to check the date. Don't just look and it says no. It could be like, this could be like 10 years ago. Got to check the date and then you're good. Even then I wouldn't say do it. You just never fuck without a condom. No, I'm not saying what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying this. I'm saying if a guy says he always wears condoms, then you cannot trust that. You need the receipts. You need the receipts. Get the receipts. Get all the receipts of all the condoms he's ever bought. Yeah. <laughs> Where he used them, when he used them. But that, what do you think of that? That, I get that they're like friends and stuff and they wanted to go bareback and that's cool. I'm all for bareback because it's great. But that, but her trusting him that implicitly was a little nuts. Yeah, I think she just does trust him so implicitly. And also when you're in that moment, she's not going to be like, well, I, she probably knows where the paperwork is. Like, I bet she's seen those documents, too. Yeah. Uh, she probably set up the appointment at the VD clinic. Yeah. She's the one collecting the urine. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, the part that stood out to me was that she's been on birth control for two years, having never had sex that entire time. And I was like, you're poor, 
monies are probably all over the spot, the place. Well, could it be for acne? Could be for acne. Could be for endometriosis or something. But you know, anyway, they also fucked for the first time doggy style. I thought that was a interesting first having sex uh-huh. position. Yeah, especially if you've like wanted it so long, and then she's just like holding on to an ottoman for dear life as yeah, she gets yeah. railed from behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, she was into it. She was into it. And I'm you, into it too. You'd think they would want to be eye to eye for at least the, uh, the beginning of it. Like up against the wall, mm-hmm. her on top. I don't know. I think maybe, but you know what? Maybe I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, you know. It's always a possibility. Um, what did you think of the dirty talk? I thought it was very good dirty talk. Yeah. Yeah, this was good dirty talk. I mean, it's truly a, an incredibly sexy book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that, and I... They so, also have sex early, which I like too. Like the the sexual stuff starts soon, sooner than I thought. Well, this book actually is not that long too. No, so it is so it was about two hundred some pages. So they got to it. They got to it quickly, which I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. So what happens? The rest of this book is he. They have a fight because he. Why do they have a fight again? So she, he t- like right after they first have sex, he's like all loved up, and he's uh-huh. like, "I can't be away from you." So he takes her to lunch with his agent, who she knows. Yeah, and then he leaves to like take a phone call, and his agent basically says to her, "Like you have been dragging him down your entire life, his entire life. Like he's not going to succeed in the way that he should because of you." Because he basically turned down like taking some famous actress to a movie premiere. Mm-hmm. Um. And then so when he gets his very first concussion as a quarterback. After seven years in the league, (laughs) first concussion. Yeah. He's a concussion virgin. He goes into the hospital and she goes in the hospital, which is a big deal for her because of her mother's uh, mental illness. She has obviously bad associations with hospitals. She goes in and they sort of start talking. And then she's sort of he's feeling that she loves him because she's like he can't believe that she actually went to the hospital for him. And he's sort of realizing this. And then he's really not responding to her when she's like, I do love you. And then she says, again, concussed. He was concussed. So, (laughs) and then she's like, am I a burden to you? I I don't want to be a burden to you anymore. That's why I'm leaving. And he basically doesn't say anything like a true coward. And then she leaves. Oh, because they got in a fight because she said that hit the job that she wanted to take was in Dayton, Ohio. And they live in Seattle. Well, they grew up in Ohio though. Yeah. That's where they met. So she wanted to go back and get a job there. So she straight up leaves and goes to this. She was going to have a interview in Ohio. So she goes there <laughs> and he uh, he gets all upset because he's like, I got to chase after her. And he calls his coach and says, hey, coach, I'm going to be missing practice the next two days. And he goes, well, you're in, you're not in a good place to do this. We've got you got hurt. You haven't been playing well. We got this guy itching to 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 take your place. So if you don't go to if you don't go to practice, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, he thinks to himself, I'm not going to ever play good again if I can't have her in my life. So he goes to Ohio. <laughs> he goes to Ohio, sees her at her uh, hotel room. And we know from what she says that what she was thinking that she didn't say yes to the job. She was going to her home isn't here. She's going to go back to Seattle and figure it out. Even if Dom's not in her life, they decide to have a go of it. Well, because he had that weird like interview with an ESPN guy. Oh, (laughs) 
Oh, that thing where he says how much he loves her on ESPN. And then says her name. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, maybe Tenny wants to be a little private. Yeah. And that was a big leap. But I do think he he needed to do the grovel. He needed to do the big statement. He didn't know what to do. So, like, doing that big statement, like, basically announcing on national television he's in love with her and he would give up everything for her. Uh-huh. was all she really needed. Because she doesn't want him to give up football. Like, she's fine with him playing football. He doesn't need to stop. Let's do Goodreads. I love the Goodreads. Oh, wait. First. Oh. And I know the answer. Would you fuck him? Oh, I would fuck her 100%. Yes, she's so sexy. Uh, I Yeah, I think she's super sexy. I would definitely have sex with her. Him, yeah, but tattoos. I, I just uh, we, don't like the tattoos on guys. The He's, tattoos were such a surprise, too, because I feel like we never heard about them until like the first time they were making out. And then she started talking about like licking up the olive tree. And I was like, huh, what? Why does he have an olive tree tattoo? And it's dangerous that he also had a tattoo of the Washington Warriors because, like, people get traded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was bananas. I think that showed poor – maybe that's a sign of CTE. Yeah, getting a tattoo of the – because when did he get that tattoo? We don't know. It doesn't matter. Anytime. You could be traded in a second. Yeah. That was bizarre. And then it's like a, it's a, it's a Winona Wino Forever situation that you're dealing with. Right. And it's not like he grew up in loving the Washington Warriors. That he was mm-hmm. like, well, I love this no matter what. No, that seemed like a poor choice. But I well, guess he did grow up loving olive trees. Did <laughs> did uh, if it had something to do with where he grew up or his family? But does he mention anything about olive trees? No, the tattoos are really baffling because there's not a lot of olive trees in Ohio. I don't want to say there's none. I haven't checked. Uh huh. Or in Washington State either. It's so. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Who knows? He lost a bet. I don't have a problem with tattoos the way that you have a problem with tattoos, so that definitely wouldn't slow me down. I have a problem with fictional characters with tattoos. Yeah. In real life, you've dated many women with tattoos. Yeah. Face tattoos. Slow you down. Yeah. 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 Just tears. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that was... <laughs> Let's just say that, that didn't end well. <laughs> um, but yeah, you would fuck them both? Yeah. Okay. In cool. a heartbeat. I wouldn't even wait. Nice. Let's do it. Um, all right, condom? Then, would you? Would you make him wear a condom? I, would. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't even have the conversation. You would just be like, "Oh, I'm just happy to be here." No, no, I would. I'd and have. It's the, your responsibility as the dick haver. Yeah, to I'm, have a the condom. I'm a germaphobe. I'm a germaphobe. I would. Yeah, yeah, I can't. You'd make her shower first too. No, no, that's not okay. It's I'm not germaphobe to that extent. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more uh, worried about having something forever. After having a night with one person that I don't necessarily love, you know? Yeah. That that scares the shit out of me. That's the Catholic boy in me. But you get the clap for someone you love. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> Goodreads list. Oh, yeah. This one, I think because it's a newer book, it came out in 2018, like wasn't on many lists. They're all like the fact list, so it's not as fun, but we'll still run through them. Uh-huh. Uh, romance with sports or athletes. True. Interracial novels with curves. Uh, touchdown, romance, and American football. Yes. When crushes finally take notice. Mm-hmm. Best books about being in love with a pro athlete. I, I mean, I think it's probably on the list. Do you know how many books are on that list? No, I didn't write it down, but okay. I would... It's great. I, th- I can't I, imagine them being much better than this. Like, this was pretty... Uh, like I know we nitpicked about like little things, but that's uh-huh. just because there was not much that we didn't like about it. So then we had to talk about olive trees. Yeah, I think the, I think the the motivations were great. The the sex was uh, hot. I I liked both these characters. So there's a lot to like about this book. Yeah. So I would definitely put it on that list. Uh-huh. Having only read one uh, pro sports book, I'm yeah. just gonna say it is. Do you have tropes? 
I do have tropes. Friends to lovers. Rich hero, poor heroine, but she's not really poor. She's more middle class, but... I feel like he probably pays her well, too. Yeah. So she's probably... She's not rich, but... She's but, doing okay. Yeah. Boss employee. Mm-hmm. Sports romance. Foster kids, because they're both foster kids. White quarterback, which is a trope. Huh? White quarterback. Are there not many white quarterbacks? There's a lot of white quarterbacks. Oh, That's okay. the thing. They're mostly white. So that is kind of a trope. Okay. Or just a systematic problem. Trope, systematic problem. <laughs> same, same. Same, same. Um, we should do our list of systematic problems after this. <laughs> Pacific Northwest, because that seems to be a place where some of the books that we have uh, read take place in. And I don't know, I'm taking a kind of a census of, I'm going to take a census of the books and where they are, mm-hmm. uh, where they take place. And right now we've, we've read Play Was in Portland. This is in Seattle. I feel like we had another book that was Pacific Northwest. Solace Island. Solace Island was, we, we assumed it was Pacific Northwest. I don't think it was ever 100% yeah, said. So yeah, so I think that's a cool, I'm going to take a census of all the places. So I'm going to have to go back and see where they are. I mean, some, the modern romances, not yeah. the historicals or the, because those are all in England usually. Yeah. It does make me laugh as somebody who lives in New York City that you're like too many about Seattle. It's like everything's about New York. Well, like I said, they, they, they never mentioned Wanting to live in New York, which, which is hard to which believe, is hard to believe yeah, yeah, yeah. that he'd never be like, I, I want to play the for giant? the Giants. What about yeah. the Giants? What about the Jets? What mm-hmm. about Buffalo, maybe? Even just to just to get a taste. Right. Just to be close. Get that aura. I mean, Buffalo's pretty far, but yeah. It is, but you know what? The guy's living in uh, Seattle. Nothing wrong with Seattle. I love Seattle. Yeah, I've never been. Oh, I love it. Um, Munchausen Syndrome by Proxy. That's a trope. <laughs> uh, tattooed Hero. We all know how I feel about that. Interracial and precom. There's some precom in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really called precom, but it's alluded to. Liquid, yeah. And there is a lot of masturbation. He does talk a lot about how he masturbates to her and then thinks about how much he masturbates yeah. to her, which is also very sexy. And then he does some. So that's sexy. Yes. It's sexy when you think of him doing it, though, right? It's not like sexy in general to think of guys masturbating to you. Not right? like a guy I don't know or find attractive just jacking it. No, that's weird. But okay. like, I think if like somebody told me that they were thinking about me masturbating, like, yeah, that's pretty sexy. If it was uh, somebody I was having sex with who I wanted to have sex okay. with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's sexy too. But he would do like a pre jerk before they would have like sex. Like he would be standing there and just give it a couple pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his big move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like, he would. He would just pop. That's yeah, yeah, like yeah. what he actually did. And then finger banging. There's some finger banging. He finger bangs her to completion mm-hmm. at their first, like, interaction. Yeah. I thought about you when that happened. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a big finger banging guy. Uh, I mean, fan of in yeah. in fantasies. In, oh, okay. Yeah, in, in books. I like a good finger banging. Oh, okay. I thought you made your own fantasy. Oh, no. Like, when I read these books, I'm like, oh, he should finger bang her. And then he does. But I don't think it should be exclusively finger banging. I do think there should be some conolingus thrown in there as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're both at the same time. That's enjoyable. Mm, yeah. As well. That happens. All right. My tropes. Are you done? I am done. <laughs> uh, so mostly the same as yours. Friends to lover, athlete, hero, workplace romance, in love with your boss, shared childhood trauma, 
white knight. Like that was sort of the role he was playing where he was like, I'm just going to protect her and save her almost as like a guardianship. If this was a regency Mm -hmm. in the way that it was just like, all right, buddy, like she's an adult with a master's degree. Like she's fine. Uh, guilty after sex. Cause I feel like the first two times, a few times I had sex, he would really be like torn up about it and what it meant. And it was hard for him. Oh, I love this one. Hero accidentally sees heroine in state of undress and suddenly realizes that he is attracted to her. Yeah, that's cool. That happens. I love it. That Mm -hmm. was a good one. Uh, Drunken confession of love. Uh, Heroin realizes she's too good for the hero and tells him she deserves more. And then that's when the grovel starts. Love a grovel. I've loved you so long. Someone is putting their job above love in a racial romance unrequited love. Yeah. Boom. Good. We did it. We did do it. Any final thoughts about scoring off the field? No. I mean, I would read another sports uh romance again what sport would you want to read about uh i growing up i was really into baseball so i'd read a baseball romance oh nice yeah what about you hockey skeet shooting (laughs) skeet shooting yeah that'd be cool they do it in regency a lot they do they go shooting but it'd be after they'd be like exclusive that's all they did so it'd just be like a skeet shoot fantasy yeah it'd be like a professional ski it'd be more about the skeet shooting than the the sex no, what sport would you really want? Um, I'd I'd read a soccer romance. That's cool because yeah. soccer players have good bodies. I uh, I envy the soccer player body. When I watch, you ro- have like a soccer player ish body. I did at one time. Oh, ugh. um, but when I watch the World Cup, I'm always like psyched when they take their shirts off because I'm like, oh yeah, that dude's in really good shape. But they're they're lean, so you don't. You don't notice it. It's not like football where they're super jacked and the muscles are really prevalent. But when they take off their shirts, you're like, there's not an ounce of anything on this guy other than muscle. Yeah. And they can run for, for years. That's what I. That's the kind of body I want. Just running for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a Ronaldo body. That's what I'd want to do. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what has you swooning this week? Well, thanks for asking. You're welcome. So last night... Producer Patty and I went to see a performance of Fleabag, which is a one-woman show, and it got the the woman who did it, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and it's tur- it got turned into a show. It's on Amazon right now. I had not seen it. Pat was a very big fan of it. So we went and saw this in at a place called the Soho Playhouse. It was this little black box theater. So when you watch... When you watch TV shows where they make fun of one-person shows, this is the theater that they put them in. There's, like, one chair, tiny seats. We were squeezing, and, like, I felt so bad for Pat because Pat's, like, 6'3", and we were squeezing into these small seats. But I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't watched the show. I didn't know it was a one-woman show. So she comes out, and she starts doing it, and I'm into it immediately because she's such a captivating presence. And I'm telling you... It was, I think it was about an hour, and it flew by. She was so mesmerizing and so just frank about the, I mean, the character's thoughts and feelings, and I never thought I'd be a one-person show guy, but it it really pumped me up, and it was amazing how she could hold our attention for so long just with her words and a few sound effects. So... It's going till April, like, 12th or 14th. It's probably already sold out in in New York City. But if she does it in any other city, I would say go see it. 
watch the show. I'm going to watch the show. But I was really blown away by it. It was a really awesome experience. So Fleabag, uh, definitely check that out. And uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, anything she does. She has several other things that she she does. Just she's an amazing talent. So yeah, I would say swoon worthy a thousand percent. Have you seen Fleabag? I've seen Fleabag. She also wrote Killing Eve, which I love. That's right. She wrote, uh, she has a show called Crashing on Netflix that was really good. I think that might have been one of her earlier ones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think she's uh, a phenomenal talent in like once in a lifetime. Like I think she's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool to be able to see her live. Yeah. Awesome. So, Erin, what are you swooning about this week? (laughs) I feel like my swoon is like a little bit self-indulgent because it is something that I am doing. So what I decided to do um, after a few glasses of wine on the 1st of March was uh, I am a giant history fan. I love history. I especially love women's history. And I especially love finding stories of women doing really amazing things in history. I just find them really interesting. So I was like, what I'm going to do every day for the month of March is on my Instagram stories, tell a little story about a woman in history that I love and I think that the world should know about. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So if you don't follow me at Aaron Leaf, do, if you're interested. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be doing the entire, uh, month of March. Um, and I have a friend who has, uh, an insane amount of followers because she is a famous person. Okay. (laughs) And she saw it and reposted it on her feed that she was really moved by the stories and told people to follow me. And so now I have like a lot more followers. So now I feel like a lot more responsibility for it because before it was just like my dinky friends, like who cares? <laughs> but now it's Well, I'm strangers. one of those dinky friends, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but the response has been really great. Like I've only done four so far, but mm-hmm. um, people have been messaging me and saying they, they really loved it or their connection to a person or one person today wrote me and said that, she forgot how much she loved history as a child. And now this is sort of reminding her and that made me cry. Yeah. Uh, and so it's so sweet. And so I say, follow, follow me, but also, why would you think this is self-serving? <laughs> I know it is so self-serving, but I think it's like, you know, to f- seek out those stories. Mm-hmm. And also I think if you have something that you love to broadcast it and talk about it with other people, because, you know, those are the things that end up connecting. Cause I definitely thought this was not going to be as big. I honestly thought people were going to message me and be like, can you stop these? <laughs> Who would do that? I don't, people can be mean or That's be like, true. this is boring. And I would, everyone would follow me and then I'd just be alone. One of your dinky friends would be one like, of my dinky friends. I'm sick of these. <laughs> Did you watch them now? Uh, but instead it was the exact opposite. So thank you to my friends who signal boost me. Cause that was really sweet. And, um, yeah, and if you have ideas, if there's a woman in history who you love, well, did, let me do you, know. Oh, so do you have them all set? Do you know which one's going to be for every day? Or I have a list that has like over 30 women on it, but then and then every morning I just decide who I'm feeling that morning, and then that's what I do. Oh, cool. Well, that's cool. Uh, that's yeah. that's really awesome. Um, don't follow me on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I do nothing. I I am on it uh, under protest. Not under yeah. protest, but I I did it so. Aaron, Aaron wanted me to be on Instagram just so that uh, you didn't like I existed in the world. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't like creep people out 
Um, yeah. And so now you exist and now you're on Instagram and you post mostly just street art you come across, which is fun. Yeah, but I haven't posted anything in like uh, two months, I don't think. Yeah. If you want to know what Clayton looks like, don't look on his Instagram. No, you know, uh, uh, what? who do I look like? I look like Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Like a young Robert De Niro. <gasps> no. Oh, no. Robert Redford. Robert Redford. You look like a young Robert Redford. Oh, yes. So just picture that. All you millennials. <laughs> <laughs> just Jeremiah Johnson, that movie that... <laughs> Anyone under 35 has ever seen. <laughs> so in the zeitgeist right now. <laughs> I know. Who doesn't talk about that? Pioneer film. Uh, but so going off of women who are unknown to history, if you do live in New York City or you're coming to New York City or you live within a certain distance, uh, the Guggenheim is having uh, is showing all Hilma of Klint's um, paintings. And she uh, is an amazing woman who... Uh, was really into seances and during a seance she got a message that she should write she should paint these giant paintings that tell the story of the universe and so she did but then she told her nephew you're not allowed to show these until 80 years after i'm dead which is now cool so now you can see them all they're really amazing she was a phenomenal woman she is the mother of abstract art um and it, those are they're really moving pictures so i would say our paintings uh so Make a trip to the Guggenheim to see that. These were so, this is such New York swoons. We're like, go (laughs) see Fleabag at the Soho Playhouse. Go to the Guggenheim. Mm -hmm. Definitely got to do that. Wait, you don't live in New York? We're not relatable at all to anyone in Dayton. (laughs) And I love how we read two books take place in Seattle. We're like, what is this? (laughs) What is this bullshit? Uh, We are the, uh, the worst kind of New Yorkers, but. Yeah. We love the bubble. Well, New Yorkers who weren't born in New York, but no. claim it as their own, which yes. is most New Yorkers. Yeah. I mean, I would say almost 20 years. I can claim it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you do want to just email us about how annoyed you are by everything being too New York City centric, uh, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at learningtropes or on Instagram at learningthetropes. Yeah, follow us on Spotify, too. And Spotify. I'm going to have a new playlist pretty soon. I I think probably in the next couple weeks, because I'll get enough songs together. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I do it for myself. If people want to listen, that's great. But I like making mixes. It's one of the only ways I can do it now, so. Can people follow you on Spotify? Oh, no, no, no. Spotify works. Yeah, well, they could, theoretically, but I would prefer they didn't. I would prefer (laughs) that they... Stick to our business account, which is learning the tropes. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, my Spotify is private, I think. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. And the next episode, we are reading Burning Wild by Christine Feenan. Uh, it's a listener suggestion. A, a bunch of listeners actually have been having us wanting us to read this series. And this author. Shifters, this author. So I'm happy we're doing that. And we're also going to be joined by our special guest, uh, producer, writer, Rebecca Lee. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. Be a good one. All right. That's it. We did it. We did it. I'm proud of us. No one thought we would, but we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. See you everybody next week. Bye. Bye.